It's time for CBB 365 with your hosts, Adam Hipsky and Patrick Dallahan. Okay, and March Madness is here. We have trimmed the field down from 68 all the way down to 16. We had five straight days of nonstop college basketball, a weekend filled with upsets, uh, and we're going to get right into it. So West. We're going to start out with the West region, headlined by Gonzaga. Gonzaga cruised through with two wins, beat Norfolk State, beat Oklahoma. Gonzaga's uh, win over Norfolk State is the largest win in March Madness since 2016. Um, it was Villanova that beat Oklahoma by Final Four points, by the way. A much more impressive win. Granted, it was in the Final Four, not over some 16 seed. Just, just wanted to throw that yeah. out there. Gonzaga is a bunch of frauds. However, I do think they're going to win. Uh, interesting. Uh, okay, Oklahoma beat Missouri in a close one, uh, but then lost to Gonzaga. Creighton edged out a win over UCSB. Uh, what are they? The 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 Gonchos. The, the Gauchos. The Gauchos. The Gauchos. One of the better mascots. One of the better mascots in this year's field. Absolutely. But Creighton was able to beat them. They were kind of on a skid after losing to Georgetown, the Big East Championship. Uh, And then our first upset, we're going to talk about Ohio, Virginia. Uh, Ohio had the best player on the floor, Jason Preston, and that was enough to get the job done. They beat still the defending champions, not anymore. Uh, Well, yes, technically still are until a new champion is crowned. But uh, Ohio pulls off the upset against Virginia. They do. They did lose in the round of 32 to Creighton. Their magic ran out, uh, so they did not move on to the Sweet 16. But Ohio, big upset for them. At, you were really high on Jason Preston coming into the uh, after their game against Ohio. Uh, not against Ohio, against Illinois. Well, I just, I mean, he can just, do, he can do it all. And I, I feel like whenever you have the best player on the floor in any basketball game, you have a chance, no matter how good. And that's what we'll talk, we'll talk about with Oral Roberts. But when you have the best player on the floor, you have a chance in any game, uh, no matter how much better uh, the other team may be, how, you know, how much better that team may be. But if you have the best player on the floor, uh, yeah. you know, you definitely have a chance. Yeah. Uh, so Ohio beats Virginia, loses to Creighton. So that sweet sixteen would be Ohio over Virginia had to be the most commonly picked upset, right? That one and Villanova Winthrop, which we'll talk about. Obviously, that one did not go. So that one didn't matter because Winthrop stinks. Mm-hmm. You could say that. Uh, okay, moving on. It's USC, uh, the Mobley brothers crushed Drake seventy-two fifty-six. Joseph Joseph Yusefu. Had a great tournament, though. Yeah, he Both in the first um, four and against UCF, he played great. So, t- yeah. uh, hats off to hats off to him. So, then the winner of uh, that Drake USC game was going to play, uh, which ended up being USC. I was going to play the winner of Kansas Washington. Now Kansas was down Jalen Wilson. You didn't really know how good this team would be. I personally didn't think they would have a go-to score. Um, McCormick was coming off of his COVID uh, quarantine, but he comes back and plays unbelievable, drops 22. Marcus Garrett had a great game. He stepped up. 
But the story of this game were the Groves brothers uh, dropping 35 and 23. Uh, Tanner Groves was just unstoppable. Uh, 35 points. Uh, unfortunately, got a little bit of foul trouble. Uh, couldn't, you know, didn't play a ton. They were up by 12 or they were up by eight at halftime. And then end up getting outscored by 17 in the second half. I saw I saw I am a college basketball what if post about the Groves brothers, and it said, "Um, what if the Groves brothers went to Gonzaga?" And the common the common comment on the post was, "They wouldn't play." Yeah, <laughs> because they wouldn't. Well, I also saw another not a, I don't know like a hypothetical, but uh, it was when Tanner Groves checked out of the game, or yeah, when he checked out of the game. And Bill Self went and talked to him. And technically, Tanner Groves does have a grad transfer year. And everyone just started making all these theories about how Tanner Groves is <laughs> yeah. going to go play for Kansas next year. They're like Miami, like Miami Heat I, fans on Twitter making jersey swaps for the Groves brothers to Kansas. <laughs> Dude, what I mean, I would love to see it. They would never play, though. That's a problem. They're a perfect yeah. March Madness upset team to – you know, watch and have faith that they could. I thought they, they definitely had a chance to beat Kansas, but Kansas put up too many points when they dropped 93 on them. Uh, yeah, so that, Eastern Washington. That, that you're, simply, you're simply not going to win a college basketball game if the other team scores 93 points. It's not like the NBA. Yeah, so uh, Girls and Brothers played great. That was a big storyline uh, in March Madness that I think everyone enjoyed. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. Uh, but then moving into the round of 32 in that game, USC uh, obliterated 34-point win against Kansas. So the sixth yes, seed they did. the three seed. Uh, absurd performance from USC. And USC is going to roll into the Sweet 16, and they look pretty good. Yeah, they did. USC, I have them going to the Sweet – no, I have them going to the Elite Eight, I believe. Yes, I do. I have them going to the Elite Eight. So, and so we'll see them play. We'll move into this kind of side of the bracket. First, we'll start with Iowa Grand Canyon. Luca Garza starts out there. Uh, his campaign in the March Madness tournament, which came to a close uh, quicker than I think a lot of people expected. Uh, so they beat Grand Canyon, Oregon, VCU. That's a big storyline was VCU had, I believe, three players test positive. Uh, so the NCAA took that as a risk uh, for a spreader. And VCU uh, could not play in the game. They deemed it a no contest. Oregon moved on to the round of 32, where I don't know if they were fresher, but they looked bigger, faster, stronger, and better than Iowa. And that was a seven seed against a two seed, which I also found out that the NCAA deems a for an upset. It's a team that has a seed, five seeds higher than, than their opponent. So this yeah. technically under NCAA terms is an upset. Is Oregon beating Iowa? But I don't agree. Oregon, Oregon. The thing about upsets is right. I consider them to be like wire to wire games. Like you know, like the the Vermont Syracuse game all those years ago. Like the UMBC Virginia Virginia game in 2018 was an upset, but UMBC was the better team that day. Yeah, but I still you know? think it could be an. I still think it could be. An, yeah, no, it can still be an upset. Definitely. Yeah, but um, so Oregon, Oregon, Oregon yeah. was the better team than Iowa. Yeah, yeah. they uh, they took it to 
uh, yeah, they took it to Iowa. Luca Garza. Shout out to the over betters on that game. Shout out yeah. to the people that took the over on that game. Absolutely smashed it. That yeah. was the high. That was one of the highest scoring games I've seen. Yeah, but Luka when Garza. push came to shove, I mean, Oregon, Oregon has like a lot of the same strengths as Iowa. Like they have age, they're disciplined. But on top of that, they're more athletic than Iowa is. Like they're 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 a lot stronger, they're a lot faster, they're a lot better jumpers. Like Chris Duarte is a is a senior. Like having your best player be as experienced and as old as he is helps a lot. And we yeah. saw that the other night. Yeah, no, Oregon looked really good. They had a hot shooting night, you know, no doubt about that. Figueroa hit five threes. Richardson was on fire. He had three threes, and then Duarte couldn't miss. Um, if Chris so, Duarte yeah. was on an East Coast team, everybody would be screaming for him to be an All-American. So, Luca Garza goes out with a bang, 36 points Not in 36 a, yeah. minutes. But also uh, one of the worst losses of his career. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, so, Garza's career ends. Bo Hannon's career ends with about probably his worst game of the year. Uh, he was 0 for that 4 sucks. with zero points. Uh, so, you know, sad to see him go out like that. He had a great career in Iowa City. Uh, but so Bohannon's done. Luca Garza's done. It's Wies Camp time in Iowa City now, baby. We'll see what he does with the draft process. I mean, he still could enter, but uh, we'll yeah. keep an eye on that. So, okay, so that's Iowa. So the Sweet 16 matchups in that one is USC Oregon and Gonzaga Creighton. Moving into the East region, we'll start with Michigan and Texas Southern. Uh, Michigan just beat Texas Southern. Not really much hey, of body, yaddy, there. Yaddy, yaddy, Texas Southern. Yeah, Megan be a stallion. That was <laughs> as as uh, um, uh, uh, Ian Eagle dropped a Megan the Stallion reference and, during the game. And, he started and singing. In a, a scoop, there it is as well. Yeah. Um, it, it, who do you, who do we think is the best commentator in March Madness? Like that does the games. I actually started to become really annoyed by Raft Drake as the tournament went on. Really? I, I like... Uh, <laughs> you know, you're getting like tired of that? It just it just gets old after a while. Don't you literally have a, a Bill Raftery bobblehead at home? I do, I do. I like onions, but like... Onions! Everybody give their best onions right now. Do it. I mean, for the first, maybe... 10 minutes of the game, both Raftery and Nance were consistently calling Gary A. Alan Griffin. Like, like <laughs> no way. It was brutal. <laughs> I didn't know that. Adam, can uh, I get an onions? No. Onions? No. <laughs> no. Klein, what about you? Uh, okay. Okay, uh, and then uh, LSU. So Michigan moves on. LSU played St. Bonaventure in the 8-9 matchup. LSU won that one by 15. Uh, moving into the round of 32, what a game that was last night. I was there. Not uh, a big deal. Great, uh, great game. Uh, Cam Thomas came out of the gates on fire. Michigan battled back. Uh, played a great second half. Still no livers, uh, but they still move on to the Sweet 16. Uh, so Michigan wins that one by eight. Probably the end of the careers for Trenton Watford and Cam Thomas, uh, just because they were, uh, you know, just because they probably have pro aspirations after this. 
then okay, uh, round of thir- or back to the round of sixty-four, Colorado and Georgetown. Georgetown was a popular upset pick. Uh, however, I fell into Colorado, their trap. I did. I admittedly I did fell I, into their playing, trap. They were playing great basketball, uh, but no, Colorado, uh, McKinley Wright, and uh, someone that I think kind of you know caught the attention of the whole country was Jabari Walker. I mean, he was lights out in this one. Hit what was it? Five threes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hit a. He was just knocking down everything. Uh, was five for five from beyond the arc. Uh, Colorado had a great shooting night. Uh, and beat Georgetown by 23, routed them. Uh, so then next, another popular upset pick, UNC Greensboro and Florida State. UNC Greensboro dug themselves into way too many holes in this one, but they battled back multiple times. Uh, but not enough. Florida State moves on into the round of 64. Two popular upset picks. I mean, there were I would say there were definitely multiple uh, bracket or, you know, probably a good percentage of brackets out there that – had a UNC Greensboro Georgetown round of 32 game. Uh, however, it's the opposite Colorado Florida State. Uh, yeah, that was my bracket. UNC, the UNC Greensboro <laughs> Georgetown. Yeah, if no one's seen, Klein has the bracket in last place of the CBB. Yeah, which uh, is which is really just just such a shame because he overanalyzed. This was the bracket that he thought about a lot. He told us that this is the one that he like. And he had Virginia winning it, which is just a shame. So uh, moving on, or no, back into the round of 32, Colorado, Florida State. Uh, Florida State kind of handled Colorado a little unexpected, but Florida State, uh, a couple wins in a row, and they will play Michigan in the Sweet 16 uh, to the bottom half of the East Bracket. Uh, two upsets right here. UCLA knocks off BYU, and then one of the bigger upsets in all of the round of 64. Abilene Christian in a defensive battle beats Texas 53-52. On that game sucked. Free throw. That game sucked. I had Texas going to the final four. Rewarding, though. Rewarding to watch a great upset. But Abilene Christian could not score the basketball. Um, we saw that in the round of 32 when they played UCLA and only scored 47 points. And UCLA is not even great defensively. I mean, they're, Matt, they're oh, solid, uh, We need – although Klein is usually the person that uh, says this about this particular UCLA player, I think we've all come to the conclusion that Mac Etienne sucks. And yeah, he was pretty much benched in his first round game and has not played since. Yeah, Tiger Campbell and um, – uh, Johnny Johnny Juzang has been on an absolute tear, and uh, Amy Hawkes. Yes, he's uh, he's been on fire as well. Uh, okay, bottom half of the bottom half of the East region. Uh, Maryland beat UConn. I was not expecting that. I thought UConn could make a little run. UConn's offense. Uh, with Book. I've been saying this for a long time. Danny Hurley doesn't know how to coach an offense. He doesn't. He's a defense guy. He's an effort guy. He gets the guys motivated, and that shows the defense. It does not show in their offense. Their offense is give the ball to James Booknight and get out of the way. Well, you know, I'm, and that's where they lost because James Booknight went six for 16. 
So uh, Maryland moves on to the round of 32. Then Alabama, Rick Pitino back in the NCAA tournament. However, I kind of gave Alabama a little bit of a scare. They did uh, play tight, but, Yeah, but Alabama, what I say? They they gave Alabama kind of a scare. Oh, they did. They did give Alabama kind of a scare. Uh, so then Maryland, Alabama in the round of 32. Uh, Alabama just dominated Maryland. Maryland was one of the last Big Ten teams with Michigan standing, uh, but then they lose by, uh, what is it, 19. Uh, so that is the left side of the bracket. Sweet 16, uh, repeat, Gonzaga, Creighton, USC, Oregon, uh, Michigan, Florida State, and UCLA, Alabama. What's, uh, what's the Sweet 16 matchup that you're most excited for on this left side of the bracket? Gotta be, gotta be uh, USC Oregon. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. The Pac-12, the Conference of Champions. Bill Walton has every team in the Pac-12 in his um uh, in his Final Four, which doesn't add up because there's five of them, and that just isn't possible. But it's not. Yeah, I'm really excited though. I'm really excited for that matchup. That's gonna be a really a matchup that's based a lot off of athleticism and length and experience. We're going to see an awesome, awesome star-studded game. Obviously, you have uh, Chris Figueroa and uh, Chris Duarte for Oregon. Then you have the Mobley brothers on USC. And USC has been like that dark horse team. It's like make it deep into the tournament. Because they've been – they right now I'd say they're – they're very likely to make the elite eight. I, yeah. I have them. I have them beating Oregon there. Uh, I, I actually didn't have that in my bracket, but as of right now, I do think they'll win, but I don't think it really matters because Gonzaga is going to kill them. But what about you, Adam? What about you for this side? Well, I agree. You could argue that USC and Oregon had two of the most impressive performances within the first weekend, Oregon against Iowa and USC against Kansas. Uh, so definitely my eyes on that one. And then another one is UCLA, Alabama, uh, Alabama, who didn't look great against Iona, did look good against Maryland. However, UCLA has won three in a row. Now they have time to rest up a little bit. They won three games in six days. It's Michigan State, BYU, and Abilene Christian. They're scoring the basketball. They're starting to defend a lot better. Uh, so I think, you know, they got to they obviously got to defend Alabama, but, you know, I think there's a possible upset there. Uh, so I'm excited for UCLA, Alabama, as well as Michigan, Florida State. Michigan without livers, this would be a big test for them. Uh, yeah. Florida State's very disruptive defensively, so we'll see uh, how Michigan can go about scoring the basketball against them. Uh, they haven't really had a tough defensive challenge. They've had a tough uh, – or they haven't really had a tough offensive challenge. Um, defensively, they obviously had the girl at LSU, which, you know, it's a matchup nightmare. But uh, so those two games uh, I'll have my eye on. So moving into the right side of the bracket, uh, we can start at the top. Baylor Hartford. Hartford made their first NCAA tournament appearance. However, it didn't long. Shout out to John uh, Linehan, former Hartford basketball coach. Um, so then uh, Hartford loses 24 by 24, 79-55. Uh, next game, Wisconsin kind of opened up some eyes, beat North Carolina by 23, 85-62. Uh, they Baylor are played. Yeah, no, neither one of those teams I thought were very. Uh, no, but Wisconsin sucks. Mm. 
because all their guys are just really old. Yeah. Like, yeah, like their average age for their starting lineup is older than three starting lineups in the NBA, respectively. Yeah. Like, that's not okay. For a college team, that's an issue, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you definitely got to find that balance of those young guys that can make an immediate impact and then those guys that can stay for multiple years and bring some veteran leadership. You know, how do you, how do you find that? Uh, that that blend that mix uh, on the recruiting trail it's not an easy thing to do and great guard kind of got a lot of veterans that uh, you know maybe maybe weren't talented enough to make an immediate impact maybe we saw that uh, against Baylor because they lost 76-63 uh, so Baylor moves into the sweet 16 and then this was also a very interesting uh, little bracket uh, Villanova Winthrop Winthrop was a very popular upset pick Villanova obviously had lost, what was it, two, three in a row uh, since they lost Colin Gillespie. They had lost, they had lost two in a row. Yeah, so they lost two in a row and then lost – and had lost Colin Gillespie, hadn't won a game without them. A lot of people were picking Winthrop. Winthrop came to the tournament at 23-1. And Villanova, Jay Wright, man, he got his guys organized, beat, Villanova, or beat Winthrop 76-63, and then they were going to play the winner of Purdue in North Texas – and I think Purdue may have thought they had a pretty easy road to the Sweet 16. Uh, but no, if, no, no. Went, if went the route, yeah. Uh, but no, North Texas uh, goes and knocks off Purdue. In when the whole tournament is in Indiana, IU doesn't make it, and Purdue loses in the round of 64. Uh, so not not a great showing for. Uh, for the for the state of Indiana, but JV on Hamlet was incredible for North Texas. Uh, led them to a victory, uh, and then moving into the round of 32, Villanova played North Texas and then just murdered them. Laid the hammer, beat them by 23, which sets up for a Baylor Villanova Sweet 16 game. Villanova, they're playing okay hot. right now. We're they're hot. Okay. Um, Are they playing better than okay? Jeremiah Robinson Earl is looking like he was in the uh, in the um, MTE against uh, Arizona State and Boston College and Virginia yeah, Tech, yeah. even though they lost that game. But they've they've looked great this year, the, these past couple of games. It's been it's been awesome to see Chris Archie Diacono uh, stepping into the starting lineup, hit a couple threes against North Texas. Brian Antoine getting some minutes off the bench and. It's good to see that, like, they aren't really phased mentally by the Colin Gillespie injury right now. Like, Jay Wright's got him, got him hanging out off the court and stuff, and 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 doing stuff together to keep morale high. And it's awesome. You won't see a better culture in college basketball right now, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's so it's awesome to see, especially in such an important time right now for them. Villanova will actually get a first. I mean, yeah, they've looked great. They've looked good. Uh, but it's also been against Winthrop in North Texas. Uh, so we'll see how they look. Winthrop was good. 26-1 and one team. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but still, there's quite a difference between being good against Winthrop in North Texas than being good against Villanova. So we'll see that. We'll see that on, uh, on the 27th. Uh, so Baylor-Villanova. Uh, and then here was probably the most hectic uh, kind of kind of region, but uh, North Texas, Utah State, North Texas, uh, Mac McClung moved on. 
uh, won his first NCAA tournament game. Utah. Uh, then Arkansas, Arkansas played. Yeah, Utah game. State versus Texas Tech. What I say? North Texas. Oh, sorry. Texas Tech versus Utah State. Uh, Texas Tech wins. Arkansas plays Colgate. Colgate got up early. Uh, looked really good. Looked like they could pull off an upset, but then Arkansas ended the half on what an 18-0 run, 17-0 run. They looked insane uh-huh. to in the half. Uh, so then Arkansas Ooh, won that. Played Texas Tech in the round of 32, and Arkansas uh, won it at the very end. Texas Tech had a chance to tie and send it into overtime. Missed the game tying layup. Uh, it was the ball was not in their best player's hands. Uh, and they also left a timeout on the board. Uh, so th- those are always interesting at the end of the season. You know, you can't take that timeout in the next season, uh, regardless of what I think some coaches think uh, that those <laughs> carry over into the next year because don't really understand why you don't take a timeout there. But uh, that is a good point. They don't carry into next season. They do not. But, you don't uh, start I the mean, first game with an extra timeout. But now Chris Beard, still a great coach. Just uh, hindsight's always 2020, but I probably would have taken a time out there. Uh, moving into the bottom half of the South bracket, bottom quarter of the South bracket, Florida, Virginia Tech. This was the first team of the entire tournament. What an what awesome an game. Was. Yeah. That, that was um, the best. Yeah. Uh, went to overtime. Uh, Virginia Tech was down three uh, before – uh, Naheem Aline uh, hit the game-tying three to send it into overtime. He had a great game, had 28 points, and sent it to overtime. But, but still, Florida uh, battled back, faced the adversity. Uh, Trey Mann played 44 of the 45 minutes. And Florida uh, moved into the round of 32. And then uh, now the, the craziest game in the round of 64. Uh, and upset no one – well – some saw it coming. Uh, Oral Roberts has the number one, uh, number one score, score, the leading score Scorer. in the country. Max, Max Aismas. Okay, can we pause phenomenal. for a minute and talk about pronunciation? Aismas. Aismas? Are you kidding me? That's no what they were saying. Way. No way. Yeah, it's Aismas. No way. Someone yes, actually, it is. At some point along the way, someone just messed that up. Max Admus. It's clearly Admus. It's pronounced Asmus. It, it's like Kofi Coburn. It's spelled Cockburn, but it's Coburn. No, no, no. That's one thing. Like if a letter's silent, two a- letters are how silent. Did get, how did we get Ace from a B? There's no Amus. I don't know. I don't know. Someone messed that up. Someone did mess that's that up down the line. But it's Asmus. That's what. That's just what it is. Which what it is. Uh, so, Oral Roberts, least <laughs> in the country, Max, Asmus, and slash Abe, Kevin. Slash Abe Mass, just to make Klein yeah. happy. As well as Kevin O'Banner kind of put the country on notice. Uh, they both played 45 minutes. Uh, they literally go seven deep, and one of their guys only played four minutes. So, they really only go six deep. O'Banner played all 45. Asmus played all 45. And then two of their guys played – 44 and 42 minutes. Uh, so, you know, they have good uh, chemistry. You can tell they play together a lot. Uh, O'Banner had 30, Asimus had 29, 
and Dwayne Washington played probably his worst game all year in the biggest stage of uh, on the biggest stage of uh, you know his life. Oh, he went seven he for twenty-one and three for twelve from deep. So it was it was awesome. Yeah, uh, it, it, no, no, it was, it was not awesome. It was, it was. Awful. Well, no, for you it was awesome because you're it was, a Michigan fan. Uh, awesome and awful. Back. It was, okay, Klein, speak. Uh, now that we've reached uh, um, Oral Roberts, can I just can I just bring up the Arkansas thing? Yes. Musselman, Musselman wanted to play teams that would probably win that he thought could win their conference tournaments that they could end up having to play in March. So he scheduled Abilene Christian, North Texas, and Oral Roberts. All of which are in one. Their... Two of which are in their region. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, so Eric Musselman, hashtag must bus, hashtag woo pig. So oh, Oral Roberts beats Ohio State, moves into the round of 32, played another great game, beat Florida. So now they are matched up with Arkansas in the round of 32. And the craziest thing is in that game, what in the Arkansas Oral Roberts game was Oral Roberts was up by 12 in that game. They were up in the second half. It was a good game, but Arkansas outscored them by a ton in the second half. So Oral Roberts is absolutely Arkansas has not yet played Oral Roberts. They're facing facing off next round. Oral Roberts played Ohio played State it. and then Florida. No, I'm saying he's saying in the, the regular season, season when yeah. Arkansas played Oral oh, Roberts yeah, yeah, yeah. in the regular season. Oral Roberts was up by 12, was leading in the second half, and got outscored by a ton. Uh, so, Arkansas, Oral Roberts, Sweet 16, Baylor, Villanova, Sweet 16. That's your final four in the South region. Uh, and then our final region, Illinois, uh, leads it off, beat Drexel by 29. Uh, and then the, the star of this, uh, of this region, Loyola Chicago, beat Georgia Tech, the ACC champs. Cam Crutwig. And then Cam Crutwig was phenomenal in the round of 32 against Illinois. And Porter Moser is put together a masterpiece. Uh, what a game plan he put uh, together. Shut question sh- of the – oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were shushing me. Uh, question of the day, is Porter Moser the best coach in tournament history? He has a 6-1 and one- um, tournament record so far. My my question no, I'd say be, my question today was going to be: Is Loyola Chicago a blue blood? <laughs> they uh, did. Two, two great questions. <laughs> I want to I want to go back to Clyde's question. <laughs> well, they have a national championship. They've made it to two true. Final Fours, including that, and no. they have a chance to go to another. A question, a question I have for you guys is: Would you guys rather see Porter? This is a serious question. Would you guys rather see Porter Moser go to a high major and move into a job like IU or like one of those, or would you rather see him stay at Loyola, see if he can build Loyola into a powerhouse like Gonzaga? I mean, they've had a great run going to the Final Four, you know, in 2018, and then now they're into the round of, they're into the Sweet 16 and could easily be in the elite eight and possibly be a final four. It would be, it would be interesting to see if he could, what he could do if he had the resources of somewhere like Indiana and, and playing against that competition every night. And, and also, you know, being able to attract, attract more big name recruits, 
but at the same time, we know for a fact that he's turned down other jobs outside of the state of Illinois, which is obviously where he's from, where he's coached and where he's lived his entire life. Um, and so I think we're trending towards the point, if we have not already reached the point where we put Loyola Chicago in that same category as Gonzaga, where we say they play in a mid-major conference, but they are not a mid-major. Yeah. So and, I, I don't know. And, I don't know. And another thing about mid about Loyola Chicago this year is Cam Crutwig. Everybody's like, oh, like he's been great in March. He's a third-team All-American. This is not new. He's yeah, been playing he's like been... this the entire year. Yeah. I uh, just – I was most impressed in that game by the their guards. I mean, they shut down DeSumo. They did. Yeah. And Adam so Miller and so... Andre Corbello. They, they did nothing that game. Yeah, and, and I think Io was way too passive. Uh, Adam Miller had an okay game. The rotations were a little weird for Brad Underwood. Adam Miller was actually one of the few players I thought was playing well. Uh, he had a couple threes. Uh, you were at that game as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Can, you just, and, can you just profess your love for Adam Miller? Me? I think it's because they had the same since name. day one, since the Big Ten preview. Look out for Adam Miller. Look out for Adam Miller. Look out for Adam Miller. He was like over six in the first half. Because he's a bucket. It's like, me and, hey, it's like me and Rocket Watts, all right? And Cole Swider. Mark. Mark. Sorry, and Cole Swider. In what game was Adam Miller 0 for 6? A fine bench player. He's a fine bench player. Uh, anyways, I do like Adam Miller. He's a bucket. Uh, he can shoot shoot the crap out of the ball. Uh, so he played good. Curbelo, uh, he he played okay. But on the offense, though, Illinois couldn't get a stop. Uh, Loyola just dominated that game, 171-58. Uh, and then this, ep- and then this little bracket: uh, Tennessee, Oregon State. Uh, Oregon State was a bid stealer, came from the Pac-12, won the Pac-12 tournament, and then, unlike Georgetown, continued their momentum into the NCAA tournament and beat Tennessee, and then also won the round of 32 matchup. So they're in the Sweet 16. Ethan yeah, uh, Thompson. Except we don't like group. Oregon State here. Mm, well, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but are we really allowed to say that? I mean, yes. I just did. Oregon it's... State, or, okay. Uh, anyways, Oregon State into the Sweet 16. Oklahoma State uh, almost had an upset scare against Liberty, but they beat they beat Liberty, then moved into the round of 32, and then kind of got handled by Oregon State. Oklahoma State made it interesting at a couple points, but still, uh, Oregon State wins by 10. Uh, so that's, that's a, quite a few wins in a row for them. They're playing great basketball right now. They are. They are. Uh, so Loyola Chicago, Oregon State is a sweet 16 matchup. And then moving into the bottom half of the Midwest, San Diego State, Syracuse. The, uh, the, uh, the, the, the continuation of Buddy Buckets from the ACC tournament. Yeah, so Syracuse kind of was a bubble team. Uh, and then Ended up missing the first four, got just got an 11 seed, was matched up against San Diego State. The zone shut down San Diego State badly. Uh, San Diego State looked awful offensively in that one. Uh, and then, like you said, Buddy Buckets came out to play. Uh, Buddy, Buddy Buckets kind of different in March. I mean, he's kind of stepped up. Uh, so. All right. Uh, question for Klein. 
Yes. Is Buddy Beheim the greatest player in the history of Syracuse? Ah, uh, no. Disagree. Awesome content. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so then Syracuse no. moves on to the round of 32. West Virginia plays Moorhead State. Moorhead State kind of made it close in the first half, but West Virginia pulled it pulled away in that one. And then a great it round is, of 32 matchup. To make the obligatory pun, it is sad that we did not have a Moorhead versus Oral. God, God damn it. God damn it. No, it uh, something that's even <laughs> PFT commenter had a really funny tweet the other day. It was uh, the best names in March Madness. And it was. They were all mouth related. Uh, what? They were all mouth related. <laughs> yeah, they were all mouth related. Oral Roberts, oh, yeah. Moorhead, and Colgate. And somebody goes. Then he had Monmouth and Lipscomb as well. Uh, yeah, Lipscomb. And then another person said, it's very, it's common courtesy to use some Colgate after giving Oral and Moorhead. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so moving West, on. West moving Virginia, on. West Virginia moves. Uh, West Virginia moves into the round of thirty-two. But that was Syracuse a great game. Syracuse. The score doesn't reflect it. Syracuse killed West Virginia in that game for the majority uh, of the game. No, absolutely not. West Virginia, Virginia not significantly outplayed them in the second half. And in the first game, they murdered off. them. In against San Diego State. First, you know? first half. I meant first half. I mean, I guess West Virginia. They, they just shot me, Yeah, so West Virginia uh, did not end up winning. What did they have? Did they, um, they didn't really have a chance to tie it? They traveled at the end, but uh, it was still a close game down the stretch. Uh, Syracuse is into the Sweet 16 as an 11 seed. Uh, and then uh, the final, final four games or final three games that we'll discuss. Is uh, Clemson Rutgers? Rutgers beat Clemson, ten uh, B to seven. Houston handled Cleveland State, setting up for a Rutgers Houston game. Felt bad for Rutgers; they choked that one at the end. I believe they, they finished did. the game on a twelve zero run. Uh, but Rutgers, who hasn't been to a Sweet Sixteen in I believe forty years, uh, was so close. But Houston uh, ended up winning towards the end uh, and moved into the Sweet Sixteen to play Syracuse. So that brings the question. Uh, back once again, which matchup are you guys most excited for on this on this right side of the bracket? Maybe biased for me, but it's Villanova-Baylor because you see Baylor, they're obviously the second-best team in the country. Correct, Adam. But um, uh, And then you see Villanova, who was in that conversation with them for a lot of the year, but fell down at the end of the year, and they're starting to, to regain their swagger and their momentum. So it's going to be interesting to see how they match up. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. Just I'm gonna, not necessarily, not necessarily, perhaps the most evenly matched game. I think in in the Sweet Sixteen, I think Michigan, Florida State, and Gonzaga, Creighton are probably both more evenly matched. But you just know Villanova is going to be in it just because of how well coached they are. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Arkansas Oral Roberts. I really want to see this this run continue for Oral Roberts. Love watching Max A. Smith play. Uh, Flash abs, Miss. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think they played Arkansas tight the first game, so uh, I'd love to see them do it again. I'm, I'm also excited for Syracuse-Houston. Uh, so those are the two games I'm looking forward to on the right side of the bracket. 
Uh, so that'll do it for our first weekend recap and look ahead to the Sweet 16. Uh, our one great, do we want to do our one great takeaway? Patrick, you can go first. Yeah, I'm going to go first and I'm going to go dinner. But um, uh, uh, my one great takeaway would probably have to be Eric Musselman squeezing toothpaste onto the floor because he's an electric factory. And it sucks that we couldn't see a um, Georgia Tech, Eric Muscle uh, versus Arkansas Final Four. Wait, you do understand why he squeezed the toothpaste onto the floor? Yes. Would yes. you like to explain to the masses who are listening why he did Yes, because they were playing Colgate and Eric Musselman, Musselman said, and I quote, we have to squeeze Colgate. Thank you. <laughs> and with that, I'm out. My one great takeaway is also um, Eric Musselman won. He was kind of in the headlines this week, but after beating Texas Tech, Eric Musselman running around and then jumping on the table and then looking at all the Arkansas fans, uh, like he was saying, are you not entertained, uh, was pretty awesome. So my one great takeaway is just Eric Musselman just being uh, an electric factory uh, and just running up and jumping onto a scorer's table. Mine will be um, March Madness being back after we mm. sorely missed it last year. And then we had the first four and all the first four games were great. We had two one-point games. We had another overtime game on that first night. And then immediately we get right into the round of 64 action with the Florida-Virginia Tech game. Massive comeback, last second shot. Then we had already several upsets on that first day it was just uh, an unbelievable way at that that start those first few days to just get back into march so that's mine so with that that'll do it on today's episode of cbb365 thank you guys for listening uh make sure to check out sweet 16 elite eight uh, and we will be back to recap those games and look ahead to the final four. Uh, so that'll do it. I'm Adam Hipsky for my co-host, Patrick Dallahan, and our producer, Jake Klein. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.